0: Podcast Answer Man, episode number 425. Hi there, this is Ray Edwards from rayedwards.com, and there's only one guy I trust to answer my questions about podcasting. And that is, of course, the Podcast Answer Man, Cliff Ravenscraft. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends. It does not matter if you are brand new to this online content creating world we live in or if you've been creating content for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. Well, my friends, I'm not going to go into great detail about this, but taking my life to the next level has been the project that has been my primary focus for 2015. One year ago, I made the decision that I was going to radically change my lifestyle, that I was no longer going to be putting my business first as a priority above everything else, but instead my health, personal fitness All of that will be my number one priority in life and it will be so for the rest of my life. One year ago, I made the commitment I would work out six days a week every week for the rest of my life. I would start eating healthy. I quit drinking Diet Coke after 30 plus years and I have maintained that commitment solidly, consistently throughout this past year and I'm very excited to tell you that I've posted one-year results of what I have achieved this past year. Now, oddly enough, you can go to podcastanswerman.com slash six months, and it's all spelled out S-I-X-M-O-N-T-H-S. So podcastanswerman.com slash six months. Now, the very first thing you'll see at the top of that post is what I looked like before and after from six months into the journey. That's when I started this blog post it actually will tell you about what kind of lifestyle changes I've made. And then if you scroll down, there's an update from September 29th, 2015. At the very bottom of the post, the most embarrassing photo of myself I've ever published online. And it is what I looked like without my shirt on, both from the front view and the side view. It is extremely embarrassing. But I only felt comfortable publishing that photo of myself without my shirt on because I was able to put it right next to the photos of what I look like without my shirt on today, one year later. If that sounds interesting, you want to, if you're somewhat intrigued to find out what I looked like one year ago without a shirt on and what I might look like today, head over to podcastanswerman.com slash six months. Anyway, I am a new person today. I have a different mindset. I'm living a different lifestyle. And the good news is that while I had anticipated that I would not really get back into full-on business mode until January 2016. Back in September of this year, once I got back from New Media Europe, I decided, you know what? I believe that I can do this. I can pull this off. I'm ready to get back into full-on business mode. And I've been doing that since September. And I even thought that I would actually be at the place where I could maintain my uh, Workouts six days a week, every week, and I could maintain a weekly publishing of Podcast Answer Man every week without fail. Felt like I could also keep up with a full class full of students for podcasting A to Z here this past month. And for the most part, all of that has been true. The reality is, is my number one priority in my life was my fitness and health. And my fitness and health. Includes not just working out six days a week, it's also making sure that I'm getting a minimum of six to eight hours of sleep, and it also includes not working before a certain hour of the day and not working past, let's just say five o'clock in the evening, trying not to work on the weekends unless those evenings or weekends are intentionally something that has been set up for a very short season for a specific reason. Maintaining a healthy lifestyle is more than just working out for me. And so I thought that I could do all of those things and the reality was that with 31 students in this most recent session of Podcasting A to Z, there were two weeks, not back to back, but there were two separate weeks this past month where I did not produce an episode of Podcast Answer Man. And well, I apologize to you guys for that. I know that many of you prefer to get an episode every single week and I wanna tell you, it's my heart's desire to give you an episode every single week. What I'm going to do, is I am going to make a commitment from this point forward of what I would like to see happen. I want to continue to produce an episode every single week for the rest of this year, and I want to give you 52 weekly episodes next year. Now, what that means for me is I already know that with this new lifestyle of only working a certain number of hours a day, only working Monday through Friday, all the other priorities that I have, and knowing that I'm going to do six A to Z sessions next year, There's going to be some things that I'm going to have to do to maintain a weekly publishing schedule during those times when I have podcasting A to Z courses. And that means likely that I'll have to pre-record a couple episodes prior to the start of each session of podcasting A to Z. And I'm willing to do that and I'm looking forward to doing that and making sure and maintaining a level of quality of this content that I also desire to give to you. One of the things that I haven't, I don't think I've mentioned to you is that the most recent, let's just say five to 10 episodes, I don't know how many it's been, of Podcast Answer Man, I've been heavily editing. Uh, sometimes episodes that were originally an hour and 17 minutes long made it only down to 37 minutes. Uh, I don't know if you've, you probably would have never guessed that, but there, there's a lot of editing of fluff and even the entire topics where I'm like, yeah. That didn't need to be in there. Cleaning out the unessential and trying to take the quality level of each individual episode up several notches. Those are the kind of things that are on my mind. I am celebrating one year of a transformed life and a new lifestyle and I'm still adjusting how do I keep that lifestyle, that mindset about who I am and and what do I want to achieve physically and health-wise in my life and also taking in everything that I know about building a successful business, seeing it grow, staying consistent with all of this quality content. How do I work all of that into this new uh, reduced number of hours in each week that I'm willing to commit to doing all of those things? So it's working more efficiently, working smarter, and I'm still adjusting to that. But my commitment is 52 episodes of Podcast Answer Man published on Friday mornings. And I'm starting that effective immediately. I know that in the past I had said that I was going to try Mondays. Mondays turned out to not be the greatest day for me to publish because, well, Mondays oftentimes a catch-up day from all the things that kind of piled up over Friday evening and over the weekend. So Friday mornings is when I'm going to publish these episodes. With all of that being said, I'm really excited about the fact that the next 38 minutes of this episode is already pre-recorded, pre-edited, pre-ready to go, and it is an interview that I did with my friend Shane Whaley from Juicing Radio. You'll get to learn a little bit more about Shane and his journey in this interview, which I'm about ready to play for you right now.
1: Wow. What a voice coming through the mic. What quality. Anybody would guess i speaking to the podcast Answer Man. Yeah. You sound pretty dapper yourself, my friend. Well, I bought this stuff called a podcast Answer Man package, you know, with the mixer and the mic and (laughs) (laughs) fun stuff. Well, it's a delight to connect with you. I
0: I always think back every time I think of you, I think of the first podcast movement and we like passed each other like Shane, Cliff, and that was it.
1: I I know. How horrible is that? Well, you were very busy and you had your keynote to do. Uh, And, you know, the thing is, even though I do this podcasting and I work in sales, I'm still a bit socially awkward, I have to say. I'm a bit shy around, you know, some people. So uh, it's something I've been working on. The funny thing is, is I'm socially awkward as well. I'm I'm very much an introvert. By
0: the way, I'm already recording. Okay. I'll let you decide whether or not I keep that part in or out. I think you can keep it in. Cool. You know what I find is that a lot of podcasters... And in even the most successful ones out there are actually introverts. And that goes for public speakers and, and stuff like that. People who actually out there, you would never guess because they talk for a living or, you know, they talk quite a bit in front of big audiences, at least behind a microphone or even on a stage. I find that uh, a majority of those people that I've come across are, in fact, introverts that in a crowd of people, they're not the type of person that's going to go up and say, hey, this is who I am. And I want to inject myself into your conversation in your little circle there.
1: You know, it's true. But I think that those kinds of people are probably the best podcasters because they're you know, very aware of the people who are listening in. They want to produce a good show. Um, They're very humble rather than me, 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 me. And they're the podcast that I enjoy listening to the most. The ones that give value and also, you know, give a lot, uh, you know, put the spotlight on their guest. Yeah.
0: So, hey, real quickly, I am recording already, but uh, I'd love to just have a casual conversation. I do not have in front of me a list of questions to ask you. The reason why I wanted you on the show is because you've been doing juicing radio for quite some time. You were a podcasting A to Z student and I've just really enjoyed watching your journey. So what I'd like to do is is go back to the beginning. When did you first
1: learn about podcasting? When did it first come on your radar? So it would have been uh, the summer of 2013 and it's, I literally had a eureka moment. I Every Saturday would go for my run And I would come back and I'd get into the bath to soak and I would listen to a podcast by Investor's Business Daily, which is a stock market investing newspaper and they have a weekly show. And I I was in the tub and I was listening. I thought, wow, these guys. Wait, wait a second. Did you
0: just say that you were listening to a podcast while in the tub?
1: Yes. I love that. I would take my phone in there. I'd be tired after my run and I would just listen to that show every week at the same time. And actually, I do the same thing with Podcast Answer Man, except I cook when I listen to your show. I can't say, well, actually, no,
0: that's not true. I have listened to some podcasts while in the tub. But I do have a similar practice of I can tie certain podcasts to certain tasks that I do on a routine basis. Ray Edwards, once a week, goes through my entire morning routine with me. I, I think it's Wednesday or Thursday, I can't remember which. But anyway, I wake up, I look to make sure that Ray's podcast has just been released. He's with me from the time I brush my teeth until I finish doing the dishes after breakfast. Wow. Yeah. Every week. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. You were, so you were soaking in the tub, listening to your, one of your favorite podcasts, and a eureka thought came across your mind.
1: Yeah. The thought was, wow, you know, these guys on this show are giving out so much value for free. And they don't give out, they're not giving stock picks. They're just teaching you how to read charts and understand the markets and things. So I thought, wow, I'm really learning a lot every week by just listening to this 30 minute show. And then it hit me that having lost a lot of weight through introducing juicing into my life and exercise into my life that, you know, there were no juicing podcasts out there. So I jumped out the tub, dried off, went on iTunes and yeah, I couldn't find any juicing podcasts, So I thought, wow, there may be something to this. And, you know, I went surfing the net because, you know, I'd even struggled to kind of put podcasts on my phone, let alone produce one and that's when I came across your website, Cliff. And I remember writing to you and saying, hey, you know, I've got this idea. It's something I'd like to explore. Um, you know, are you still doing your one-to-one consulting? And that's when you wrote back and said, I'm not doing one-to-one right now, but I have the A to Z program. So that was the genesis of the whole thing.
0: Let me ask you real quickly, just as a, just a selfish promotion of podcasting A to Z, and I don't know how you're going to answer this question. I've actually changed the way that I answer that question these days. Now when people ask me, do you offer one-on-one coaching and consulting, instead of saying, no, I don't, I actually say this instead. I say, the only type of one-on-one coaching and consulting I do is through my group coaching course. So actually, I do still offer it. And I'd like to ask you as a student who has gone through it, do you feel like you had my one-on-one coaching attention for the four weeks or was it more of just a group class setting? I'd love your thoughts on that.
1: No, what I really enjoyed about the course was the attention you gave to all of us with all of our individual issues and challenges. You know, you you were getting on the phone with people, you were giving us that support. So I actually felt that having that group environment was great because you also learn through other people's questions. And I've gone back to those notes numerous occasions and read what say Anthony Tran has asked you that, oh, that now applies to me. It didn't at the time. So I think that group environment and also the one-to-one care you put into, you know, all your, your uh, coaching clients, you know, really shines through. Awesome. Thank you for that. So
0: before we go further into the story of the launch of your podcast, I'd like to ask you, you say you've lost a lot of weight as a result of your juicing experience, and I've only known you as a thin, healthy, and, and what I would consider to be a fit guy. So tell me, what was life before juicing? Uh, how much weight have you
1: lost? So in total, I've, I've lost 80 pounds. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, I, I I could send you a before and after photo. It, it's you know now I know you've gone through this. It's quite shocking when I look at it. But you know that the aha moment for me was there was two things. First of all, I was living at that time in Sweden, and I was single and had enough of being single. And I woke up one morning and looked in the mirror and said, "Well, look, is there any wonder why you're single? You're very overweight." you spend way too much time at the bar watching, you know, the football, drinking beer and eating burgers, you know, what kind of catch am I really? And not just, you know, the aesthetics about being overweight, but also the lack of energy I had to actually do anything outside of work, you know, it was very limited and very low. So not a great catch. And then I also had a um, opportunity at work to, to manage a team. Uh, I worked at that time for the Priceline Group. Uh, and it was, you know, a promotion that I really wasn't ready for. It was forced upon me. And I knew that if I continued with the same lifestyle, I was not going to last very long in that role. So there was the professional side of, hey, I want to succeed at this. This is a gold-plated opportunity. These don't come around very often. Um, you know, I need to grab this with both hands. And then also on the, on the social side, the personal side, that I knew I had to make a change. And, you know, our, our journey, are very similar, Cliff, in that, you know, we're both similar ages. And, you know, the older you get, the harder this thing is to actually change your life around, I feel, And I I actually said, right, it's now or never. I really have to exercise. I have to sort my diet out. And my whole mindset had to change. But those were the aha moments that led me, you know, to go to the 80 pound weight loss. Awesome! And of course, people can learn
0: more about your
1: early days and
0: experience in the earlier episodes of Juicing Radio as well. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. And actually, at the time um, I was on A to Z course with you, I did have a blog, which was called runningonjuice.com. And basically that I started that in January 2010 because I wanted to chronicle my journey and also to keep myself accountable. And now with Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, you know, there's better ways of doing that, I feel, than blogging. But back then, that's what worked for me. So I had a platform of sorts when I made that transition from blog to podcast. And that was very useful to me at, at launch phase what kind of
0: audience did you have as blog readership? Did you pay attention to your audience size and, and the engagement level? What was your experience with your blog audience over the course of three years of blogging about juicing?
1: I was always looking at the stats as we all tend to do. And I was always you know interested to see how many people were reading the blogs. I, I had people you know reaching out to me for advice and support. What I also did um, was about halfway into it, I uh, had a lead magnet uh, I wrote a starter guide, you know, what I did when I started out and created an email list. And that for me was the best way of engaging with people because at that time, you know, it's funny, this whole journey of, and I know you're going through this now with copywriting that, you know, I was terrified of emailing my list, you know, and I would do it once a month and kind of press send and, and squirm and wince and think, oh, am I disturbing people? and I've now gone full circle where I actually email every single weekday Um, so back then um, it was once a month I would get emails back people asking for support because the thing in the the juicing world is when I started blogging the movie Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead which is kind of the, the holy grail of all the juicing movement that wasn't even out so there wasn't a lot of resources online for juicing five years ago whereas now if you're to Google juicing you know there's plenty of Facebook groups and sites and social media and blogs and so forth so it's really good how it's, how it's really grown. So back then I did get people reaching out to me that really wanted to, you know, uh, change their lives for good by juicing. And also, you know, what was really cool for me was I had friends of mine who were like, Shane, we're really inspired that you've just run a 5k, you know, you've dropped 15 pounds. How are you doing this? And even today I get people that you know, on Facebook that will approach me and say, look, you know, I'm 45. I've gone really overweight. You know, I need to sort things out. How can I go about it? And for me, that was always the number one goal. I never wanted to be a celebrity or a guru, and I still don't want to do that. But I want to inspire people to, you know, look at their health, both in terms of nutrition and exercise. And that's always been number one goal. Cool.
0: I have two questions for you. Still, I want to know if you're willing to share over the course of three years about the size of your audience, if you prefer not to share, I'm. you can just say Cliff, I'd prefer not to share the numbers, but um, over the course of three years, are you willing to share about how many people were following you through the blog?
1: I want to say around about visits wise, it was probably around 7,000 to 8,000 uniques a month. Excellent. I think people can relate to that, who especially those who are tracking their blog readership.
0: The reason I asked that question will become evident in just a moment, but you said something else that I I want to sidetrack ourselves a little bit. And you said you've come full circle and now you're emailing your list every single weekday, I believe you said. Yeah. (laughs) What are you emailing those people? Are you just doing RSS to, to email or what are you emailing your list every day?
1: So I have a co-host Angela who I met when I moved to San Francisco. So we we both do the show and we both will send out the emails each week. And basically a lot of what we talk about on the emails is mental juice. You know, how do you start uh, a juicing regimen? How you can lose weight by just having juice for breakfast or it can be, you know, what challenges are you having or what lessons I'm having. You know, for instance, you know I was in Vegas recently and on a conference and, you know, I had a plan in my mind of how I was going to eat healthy and work out and, and what actually happened and what I learned from that. Or, um, you know, there could be something in a movie that I've gone and watched. That actually, that's a really good lesson in this for, you know, health and wellness. Um, so that's the kind of thing that we'll write about. And what's been interesting for me is we're still getting open rates of around 20% on our list. And yes, we have had some unsubscribes because not everybody wants an email every day, and I understand that. But what it's done for us two, is two things in particular. First of all, we've built a very loyal tribe. The people who are regularly opening our emails, they they really enjoy the lessons we share. We get some great feedback. Um, they're very receptive to the ideas we put forward. And then secondly, in terms of copywriting, so what are we now? October twenty eighth. So you know, well over two hundred emails that I've written this year. And if you think, when I go back to, even if I wrote one email a week, it's only 52 emails, that's 52 exercises, if you will, of writing some good copy. Uh, Whereas now, um, you know, if you think of the 10,000 hour rule and everything else, you know, I've been able to write an email over 200 times. With each email, I feel it's making me a much better copywriter. That's excellent. You know, the reason why I, I, I wanted
0: to go down this little side trail of the conversation is because... Email marketing is something that I'm looking to take to the next level in 2016. Been doing a lot of research about it. You've probably noticed on my mailing list I've sent out more frequent emails recently. I have another question related to the email and then I have a thought that I've actually been thinking about when it comes to email marketing and then we'll get back to the the launch of the podcast discussion. So these emails that you're writing on a regular basis, they're not first blog posts that are then just being shared out to the mailing list. These are actually emails that are first and foremost emails to your
1: list. And that's really the only place people are able to consume that. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. So it's, it's only to the email list. The only exception to that, Cliff, will be on a Thursday when we put an episode out. I will email out a um, dilated version of the show notes, just to let people know, hey, this episode's up, this is what you're gonna learn from it, it's live today. So I'll do that every Thursday with the launch of the the particular podcast episode, but otherwise it's completely unique content. Excellent, great to know. So,
0: which is different than, let's say Michael Hyatt, by the way, who is consistently putting out blog content, but every time he posts a blog post, it will, via email, be sent out to his mailing list. And of course, I think Chris Brogan does more of like what you're doing, where his content for his mailing list is where he primarily focuses on communicating. And it's, you know, it's really only for those people who are on that mailing list.
1: Yeah. And I don't think there's a right or wrong way of doing it. You know, far be it for me to tell a legend like Michael Hyatt is doing it the wrong way. Um, But I think it's what your audience are used to. Yeah. Uh, You know, we don't, and what I like about Michael Hyatt, Hyatt, I'm on his list is I don't have time to visit all the sites I want to, and I don't want to see all the content. But if I see something that's very relevant, so when you wrote about Ray Edwards and copywriting recently, oh, that's something I'm learning. I'm really interested in that. I'll go across and and consume that content. So I think it's either way is very valuable. But I think if you want a really loyal tribe, And you want to potentially monetize your list or you want to promote different things to your list. You know, more regular contact, I think, is better. And something else that I do, Cliff, which took me a long time to do this, to get my head around it, is I do actually introduce some form of repulsion into my email. So, for instance, I just sent something out on Monday about a particular green um, smoothie um, powder that I use when I'm on the road. And the manufacturer, you know, gave us a very good reader offer and I put that out. And I, and I wrote on there, on the email, I said, look, if you don't like me suggesting to you things that I actually use on a daily basis, and it's a great offer, you know, the unsubscribe link is below. We're still friends. No problem. Because I would rather people leave the list and get angry and write me angry emails. And, you know, if they don't like the daily email, there is that option to go unsubscribe. Yeah, and that... Uh, you, that
0: it's like you were reading my mind because that was the exact next thing I wanted to, to mention that I've been thinking about. Cause here's the deal, I'm one of those guys who gets hundreds of emails every single day and what happens is I am adverse to getting email in my inbox unless it's 100% devoted just to me and it's something that's an actionable item that I wanna respond to. And so what I'll do is I use Google Mail and anything that comes in from a mailing list, I create a filter and it says automatically skip the inbox but I put it in a label called newsletters. And so it, 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 every email newsletter comes in, goes into the newsletter tag. It never shows up in my inbox, which is great. And then when I have some free time, I can see over in the left-hand side, I, I display that label on the page. And, and I see that there are a couple unread emails in there. And I can just tell you, I, 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 there's not a single person I could possibly even fathom that I would want to actually get an email from every single day. And yet, I do agree with everything you've said, Shane, about sending emails more consistently. And I've been working with my friend, Pat Flynn. He's just recently moved over to a service called ConvertKit. They have this thing called segmenting. I've been thinking about the potential switching over to ConvertKit in 2016. And one of these ideas that I have is segmenting my list in such a way that people have these tags associated with them. And, you know, pretty much anybody who just generally comes into my mailing list, they're in the quote unquote overall crowd. And as a result of that, they'll get anything and everything that I might put out, including just a basic autoresponder series that I will write. What you can do is you can insert into your emails that says, listen, if you would like to not receive these emails related to this particular subject or this series of emails that I'm doing, Click here to remove yourself from receiving this and then you'll only receive the other types of emails that I send. And it'll take them out of that auto sequence and still they're on the list to be able to get those one-off emails.
1: Infusionsoft was always the best at this, but I don't have the hours and hours to understand how that works or the budget to get someone to do it for me. But what's interesting is that AWeber and now I, I read recently introducing this kind of customization as well because I definitely think you know, segmentation is, is, you know, the way forward. And there's ways of doing it with Aweber, but you kind of have to call them up and go through it. And it's not the easiest thing to do. But I will go back to something you said, which I think is really, really important for anybody who's emailing out. That first email, when someone signs up for your lead magnet or whatever it may be, your course, you need, need to make it very, very clear in that first email the frequency of the emails they're going to get. And that's what I do on my welcome email. I say, hey, you've got your starter guide. You know, we're going to email you every day with tips and whatever else. You know, if this isn't for you, you know, feel free to download our guide and, and unsubscribe. I love it. All right. So that was quite a rabbit trail we went
0: down. <laughs> but, but I think that was so valuable. And it's certainly on my mind. And I would imagine that there are a lot of other podcasters out there who are realizing the importance of a mailing list. And so I, I'm glad we went down that path.
1: Well, the other thing that's interesting about it, Cliff, is people sometimes find the podcast. So they'll find the website for it, but they're not necessarily podcast listeners. Um, but what they'll do is they sign up for the starter guide. And then I have that opportunity to have dialogue with people that, you know, will come and look at the pictures on the site or whatever it may be, or just want the guide. And the goal is eventually to bring them across to be podcast listeners. Exactly, And the mailing list is a great way to doing that as well.
0: Absolutely. All right, so let's go back to the early days of Juicing Radio. The name Juicing Radio, how
1: did it come about? The overall branding, how how was that process for you? Yeah, so I was very lucky because Juicing Radio was kind of the first name that popped into my head because I think, you know, it says everything about, you know, what we do. And uh, managed to get the domain and then you put us in touch with a lady whose name I forget now. Jenny not- Hampson. Yeah, oh, she's amazing. I mean, the logo she's done for us, we've kept. It's a picture of a juicer with like an iPod kind of sign on it. And it's very distinct. And I know that was one of the lessons that, you know, you taught us about having, you know, a very striking, you know, visually striking image. Because when people go through the iTunes library, they're not going to know what the Shane Whaley show is about, you know, but they will respond to juicing radio with a picture of a juicer. Um, And I think that has been, you know, one of the best things we did at launch because people knew right away what the podcast was about. Yep.
0: Your logo is probably one of the, certainly within the top five logos I've ever seen. Folks, go to juicingradio.com and check out the logo. It is incredible. Did you suffer imposter syndrome at all?
1: Yes, I did at the start. And I think sometimes... I know I still do. And particularly in health and wellness, because it's a, it's a very contentious sector to be in. There are always naysayers. There are always people saying your way of eating is not correct, or that way of strength training is dangerous. And, you know, you've the, the lucky thing with me is, you know, I don't have a degree in nutrition. I have no certification. I've just walked the walk or run the run and juice the juice and had the 80 pounds weight loss, went on to run four half marathons, got three very senior promotions, which I don't think I would have got. And the jewel in, in the crown for me, Cliff, is living in the United States, which for me as a Brit was an absolute dream. And in the nineties, you know, I spoke to the state department here. I wanted to move across, but you know, they were like, well, you're just a sales guy. We've got plenty of those here. So, you know, you're never going to get to the U S unless you have some specialist skills. So I don't think I would have got my green card. I wouldn't have got the transfer if I hadn't sorted my health out, to be honest with you. Wow. So, Yeah. So there's all these things that, you know, I think about and I think, yeah, you know, I've lost the 80 pounds. This is what I share with uh, my audience. And the other thing that I'm very good about doing is, you know, I don't, I don't like a lot of what I see in health and wellness with some of these gurus who you see them running along the beach with six pack abs, never put a foot wrong. Cause I can tell you now, you know, Certain bars of chocolates or or ice cream, it's like my kryptonite if I was Superman, right? I mean, I just can't have them at home. As disciplined as I can be, you know, if I have that in the fridge, it's calling my name. Yeah. And I will share that with the listeners and say, well, this is how I get around it. Or, you know what? Friday night, I went out, I had six pints of beer, it made me hungry, I lost all my. My principles and my discipline and I ate badly. I'll share that with the listeners because I think it's very, very important, particularly in health and well, wellness, to be really honest with your listenership. Um, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. I always tell people, so
0: you, can never be, can, you can never be told that you're an imposter if you're always just upfront, honest and, and just authentically yourself. Saying, this is this is what I've experienced up to this point this is what i'm experiencing right now these are my future hopes and dreams and this is what i this is who I am this is what i'm doing and as long as you're sharing that and it's true you'll never be an imposter
1: you're absolutely right and I remember you know was it six or seven months ago you came in for some stick from somebody on the comments on on your site about saying you know you know nothing about health and fitness why are you doing this and I, and I really like the way you dealt with it and anybody who is seeing your progress cliff i mean i'm constantly amazed and motivated by how far you have come in the last 12 months. And who, am I, who do I want to get advice from? Do I want to come to you, Cliff, and say, you know what, I've got to start strength training, but I can't even do two push-ups, or some guru online with a six-pack abs and, you know, has never been in my shoes?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, congratulations. I, j- I just want to tell everybody out there, Shane emailed me, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and told me that he had completed two sets of 10 push-ups each set. Yeah, Uh, that's awesome man
1: well the thing is for a lot of people they might be thinking so what and and my story is I went from not being able to run for one minute to being able to run four half marathons something I'm immensely proud of but when it came to strength training I would never do it and I certainly wouldn't do sit-ups and push-ups and this is the thing Clip through watching your progress I'm like, there's something, you know, to this. And we both work with Glenn. I got speaking to Glenn, great guy, and he's put me on a strength training program. And already in three weeks, I've gone from not being able to do two push-ups to doing two sets of 10. Yeah, I love that. I love viewing that progress. You know, I find it for me right now, still a little boring in the gym doing strength training. I much prefer to get out and run a few miles, but I'm measuring my progress in terms of, you know, how many push-ups I can now do.
0: Yeah. You don't have a personal trainer at the gym, though, do you? Not yet. That, that'll change everything. It, it, it gets fun when you have somebody who really knows what they're doing, who can push you and also who can spot you and help you not do all the wrong things, help you with the form. There's be, nothing better.
1: It'd be nice to get you in a DeLorean and take you back a few years. And- <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would have never dreamed those words would ever come out of my mouth. Yeah, no, I, I could definitely relate to that. I mean, the only time I ever used to run was last orders at the bar, you know, I mean, to, to, to run thirteen mile races, I would have laughed at you. In fact, you know, I was in such a bad place, I would pick up a newspaper and read about a jogger who had died uh, out jogging and think, see, you know, jogging and running is bad for you. Exercise. <laughs> it would just be that self-fulfilling prophecy why I wasn't out there exercising. You yeah. know? It's it, fun. So so the podcast, You
0: obviously, a lot of people deal with imposter syndrome. You got over it, uh, as must everyone else, if they want to be successful in, in getting their message out into the world. Some interesting things that have happened. One thing I know for you had to be a pretty big deal was having Joe Cross on your
1: podcast. And has he been there once or twice or even what's the story there? So Joe has been on three times now, uh, which... You know, we're really flattered by that. And, you know, it was funny, the first time we got him on the show, right, Cliff, this will make you laugh. Even though I was a good A to Z graduate, I was terrified of not having the tech set up right. And I was terrified of having an interview with him and it not recording properly because, you know, he is the A-lister in in our sector. So I actually rented a studio here in New York City with a sound engineer, got Joe into the studio, and we actually did the interview that way. Nice. Nice. I was terrified of, of screwing it up, and you, you know, hey, I just want to
0: say that that is awesome. Um, cause, cause, can I tell you one big, huge mistake that a lot of brand new podcasters make is they learn all the stuff and all the technical ins and outs of podcasting. They go through the course or whatever they 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 figure this stuff out, and you know what? The first thing they do is they approach a listers. They approach the the best of the best in the industry, and they're so excited, and they get them on there, and they have not. They have zero experience in doing this stuff. Sure, they know the technical ins and outs. Yeah, they did a little 15-minute test, but they have no track record of successfully recording any interview whatsoever, and they instantly go for an A-lister. And I will tell you, probably more than half the time, something goes wrong in those early episodes, and you don't want it to happen to... In this case, a Joe Cross. So I think that's awesome. And real quickly, uh, Joe Cross. For those who don't know this, he—if—if if you knew anything about juicing whatsoever, you probably know the name Joe, Joe Cross. You've probably heard of the documentary called "Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead." And if you haven't, I encourage you to, to go go check out fat, sick, and nearly dead But anyway, go ahead with your story. So you had him in the studio.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it allowed us, even though I was still extremely nervous, you know, it allowed us to really focus on asking the right questions and really listening to his answers and engaging with him rather than continuously looking at the mixer and checking the mic levels, you know, and I I felt that, you know, that that was the better way forward for us. And, you know, talking a little bit about the imposter syndrome, I mean, what Juicing, Juicing Radio has evolved to... Us putting the spotlight on other success stories rather than it just be Angie and myself. Although we've both lost 80 pounds, yes, we will interlace some of the interviews with our own personal experience. But the reason why we've been successful at this and we're over 150 episodes and our downloads are growing is because we put that whole spotlight on the expert. And here's something else that I really want to share with your listeners because as great as the Joe Cross interview was, and we've had other A-listers, people like Rich Roll, who has a very popular podcast. What really surprises me is the most downloads, most popular shows are those people who are not A-listers, but have a really compelling story. Yeah. So We had one lady on, right, Cliff? I mean, incredible to this day. She went on a 100-day juice fast, juice only, which we don't endorse, by the way, whilst working as a diner kitchen chef. 100 days. She worked in the kitchen and she just juice fast for 100 days. People love that story because you have people who are like, hey, I can't even, you know, eat properly because I'm cooking for my kids and, you know, I can't stay on my, you know, way of eating or whatever else. So people really respond to that personal story, particularly when it comes to transformation.
0: Yeah, I love that. Going back to the Joe Cross, because he is that A-lister guy. You said you've had him on uh, three times now. Second, yes. third time, I assume that you didn't rent the studio again.
1: No, I actually uh, had some courage and did it myself with the, the podcast Answer Man package that I have here with the Mackie mixer and the Heil mic. And, and it, went, it went well. But, you know, the first episode was with Joe was episode 24. I think it was 60 something by the time we had the second one when his sequel movie came out. So I felt a lot more confident behind the mic uh, and using the technology. That is awesome.
0: Hey, you know, another part of your story that you and I have gone back and forth on, you've sent me some emails over the past couple years here. You've talked about monetization and some opportunities early on and some advice I gave you and then how things have turned out since then. I don't recall all of it. I just know that, that you followed through on some advice that I gave you and I'd love for you to share those stories in your own words here.
1: Sure. So when I started the podcast, I had just resigned my position at Priceline. I'd been there for ten years, traveling fifty thousand miles a year, you know, being a sales director, kind of took its toll and I decided, look, I'm gonna, you know, take six months or so out and just regroup. And that's when I thought, oh, I've got the time to learn podcasting, get the podcast out, but it'll be fun to do. And then I had an opportunity to go back into the corporate world much earlier than I was anticipating. But I'm like, hey, can I make money out the podcast and everything else. And I remember speaking to you and you were like, Shane, you know, don't focus on the money. If you have a good opportunity, a good paying opportunity with a good challenge, go take that. You can still run the podcast and see where you are in a few years. And I have to say, Cliff, I mean, that was fantastic advice because I'm a year and a half into that new role with a British startup that launched in the United States and I have a team of 20, business is going really well. I'm learning a lot. I'm challenging myself in my professional career as a sales director in a lot of different ways from when I was with a, in a very large corporate. So, you know, that that was great. But also, very early on, I, I came to you because we had a bite from a potential sponsor who wanted to come on the show. And you know, I turned them away and I actually said to them, look, you know, we're only 15 episodes in. I don't know how this thing is gonna fly. I don't know if this niche topic is going to be enough um, for a long-term podcast. You know, can we speak again in six months and see where we're at? Because, you know, I, and this is the way I operate in my sales career, I don't want to take your money if I can't give you a good return on investment. Or Absolutely. Something. And you know, I could have taken the money and run a month down the road, hey, you know, the downloads aren't very good or the output's not good, you know, we're finishing that relationship. Now, if the really cool thing is, three months ago, uh, we spoke with a sponsor, they they, they make a juicer uh, machine, they're, they're, they're uh, family owned and based in the United States. And they said, hey, we want to do a three month um, deal with you. So I said, sure, that sounds good. So the three months has just expired. And they said, Shane, love what you're doing. Love the output. Let's sign a deal until the end of 2016 to continue to sponsor juicing radio. Nice. Oh, delighted.
0: Now let me ask you this, because um, you your whole idea was, you know, I have this opportunity to go and have this job that's going to provide a steady income, or I could try to eke by on uh, making a living from this podcasting stuff. And obviously, you shared the advice that I gave you. Let me just ask you this: Compare how much money you're making in this very nice career that you say that you have right now. Uh, what would your lifestyle be like had you only had this sponsor through the end of 2016? Uh, and that was your sole income, along with maybe some affiliate sales and some other, you know, l- ancillary products and services to your list. What would your lifestyle be like if you would have went the other direction? Do you think?
1: Well, the the biggest change would be right now. I'm talking to you from Midtown Manhattan, where I live and work. There is absolutely no way I'd have been able to have lived in New York City, um, earning the the revenues from the sponsorship and affiliate. So I would have had to to move out, probably to another state. Uh, where there is you know a lower cost of living, so that would have been the biggest difference, and maybe who knows? maybe I would have just given up the podcast because you know six, seven months in you're thinking well i 'm not making enough cash out of this i 'm not even covering my rent you know this isn 't for me and and all the while during this period of time, which is i what I
0: love is that you know, now money is coming in from the podcast, your audience is growing um, you 're not in this mindset of scarcity at all, and You know, this is something that you're still establishing yourself. Every year that you're doing this, you're writing 200 or 300 emails more, uh, establishing that relationship consistently with an audience that's loyal and engaged in you know, who knows what you're being, uh, like, I guess what I had told you. It, it's so funny because I give this advice out and, and sometimes I forget over the years who I gave what advice. And it's interesting to hear it on this end of things. But uh, I'm glad it worked out, man.
1: The, the cool thing about it is because, you know, I, I I have my co-host Angie and she is a behavior therapist and she works with, with children, disadvantaged kids over in California. So she's trained as a coach. So she does actually offer private coaching Uh, on juicing and the mental side. So the podcast right now and the email is a five figure a year business. Yep. Because we put the quality out. And here's the thing, both the emails that we put out and because we're talking to success stories or movers and shakers in the juicing world, you know, people are listening to Angie and myself every week. They trust us. They hear us every week. They know the quality is good. And Angie gets clients, not just because she lost 86 pounds, but because she's interviewing success stories. So you know, it's like I said to you, Cliff. I'm motivated by you because I see you out there. You know, you're posting your pictures of you and your, your good lady wife in the gym, and I'm seeing the the improvements and thinking, yeah. And and if you said if we lived in the same town, you were like, Shane, I'll charge you a hundred dollars a week. I'll show you how to strength train. Of course, I'm going to sign up with you. Yeah. It's- so does that benefit as well? As long as I think the key thing is consistent. Like if you just posted one picture every six months, no, I wouldn't be like that, Cliff. But you you put out pictures. I see your development, your progress. I feel like I'm on the journey with you, and that motivates me.
0: Awesome, thank you. So Shane, I I just wanna say congratulations on your journey. Wrapping things up here, I wanna just ask you, what would you say are the, the biggest things either that you've learned about podcasting or the benefits that's come as a result of having a podcast?
1: So, the, the first thing I would say to anybody out there is, as we just discussed, don't chase the dollar. Just focus on getting good quality content. You know, don't go for the A list straight away. Learn your chops, learn your interviewing skills. Uh, and I think the key thing I did at the start was I just consumed tons of different podcasts. And at the end of every podcast clip, I would ask myself, was I educated by that podcast? Did I learn something? Or was I entertained? And if I couldn't answer yes to any of those, I would move on to another podcast. Nice, and that's something that I always want. You know, when someone listens to an episode of Juicing Radio, that they, there's one thing they take away and think, "I'm going to start doing that." Um, and then the other, the other aspect I think is really important, and this kind of frustrates me a little bit with some podcasts I listen to out there is this "me, me, me" mentality. Yes, um, you know, we've all got our war stories, but I want to hear the guest, you know, and I see this a lot on cable news where they continue to shout over a guest, you know, ask your guest more questions than you, than you talk. You know, we've got two ears. We should be do double the listening than we are talking. And there's nothing wrong with sharing a few war stories and interlacing it with the device. You know,
0: Shane, that reminds me of a story once when
1: I, am just kidding. <laughs> 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 Something else. Where has podcasting benefited me? Uh, Something happened on one of the podcasts I did with a gentleman called Vinny Tortorich, who has a a fairly popular podcast called America's Angriest Trainer. Lovely gentleman. And I'm interviewing him and he brings his partner on to the interview who was a former Bond girl. Now I know you're a huge Star Trek man. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge James Bond fan. So he brought on a Bond girl that was on one of the Pierce Brosnan's James Bond movies to come and talk to me. And I just blushed and I, I didn't know what to say. When in, in my world am I ever going to get to speak to a former Bond girl? Wow. Power of podcasting. Clayton. Power of podcasting.
0: Podcasting will take you to the Bond women of your dreams. <laughs> there we go. I think we have a title.
1: Hey, I think you should maybe relabel the ATD course
0: with that. Nice, I love it, (laughs) Shane. It is a pleasure, my friend. I'm I'm glad to call you friend, and thank you so much for letting me be a part of your journey. Real quickly, where can people find you online?
1: So uh, the best place is juicingradio.com. We also have you know a Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com/forward/slash/juicingradio, and also on Twitter as juicingradio, and also on Instagram as juicingradio. So. Plenty of places to find us in your usual social spots. But the most important one, of course, is you can find us on iTunes uh, and the juicing radio. Thank you so much, Shane. My pleasure. And thank you, Cliff, for everything you do. I, I listen to all your shows. I get so much value from your work, not just the A to Z. It's everything you put out there is put out there with love and care for your listeners. And I really appreciate that.
0: Well, my friends, I hope that you enjoyed that interview that I did with Shane. I know that as I was editing this episode, I took about two pages of notes as far as takeaways on things that you can do to take your podcasting efforts and actually just anything in life to the next level. Lots of valuable information there. Uh, Just real quickly, I wanna let you know my next session of podcasting A to Z starts Monday, January 4th. It goes all the way through Friday, January 29th. If you would like to have me as your personal coach walking you through the step-by-step process of launching your podcast, This is the course for you. Head over to podcastinga2z.com to to learn all of the details of what's involved. If you have any questions at all about this course, feel free to email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com. But again, go over to to podcastinga2z.com, see all the information that's on there first. If you do have any questions, feel free to email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. And my friends, I look forward to bringing you a new episode next Friday out in the feeds Friday morning. Until then, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level.
1: Helping you take everything you do to the next level.